and I'm, I, I tried, you know, and I'm praying every single night. I feel so discouraged. You kick in and, and encourage me. You kick in and you pray for me. I'm strengthened again in the Lord to continue to do what I have to do, what the Bible calls me to do, you know, and then we wait on the Lord as long as it takes for that person to have that change of mind. This is how a family operates, a healthy family, and this is how a healthy church body operates too. Yes, we warn the unruly. Yes, we uphold. Yes, we uh, comfort. But we do that in all patience. Hi guys, welcome back to Think at the Well. Hi Vicky, it's so good to be with you again. Hello Sabine. <laughs> How are you doing Vicky? Tell us a little bit. Well, to, you know, first things first, I have pretty bad allergies. So to those listening, I am a little congested. It's not COVID. It's not um, sickness. And uh, by God's grace, we're still all here. So I actually want to know how you're doing. What's God been teaching you? What's on your mind? What are things that are making you excited? Actually, what I've been thinking about lately is how can the unruly become ruly, the weak strong, and the faint-hearted brave and fearless? Well, that sounds poetic. <laughs> um, where is that from? What's what, what are you talking about? I've been reading First Thessalonians. Okay. And um, First Thessalonians 5 pretty much verses 12 to 22. Mm -hmm. You want me to read it? Sure. And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, test all things, hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. Wow. That's a pretty good passage, isn't it? Oh, that's massive. What are we even going to talk about over here? I know. So he covers a lot in these couple of verses. But what I want to focus on is on warn those who are unruly, uh -huh. comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. But the question here is, how do you react? How do you react to someone who's weak? and in need how do you react to someone who's faint-hearted or to someone who's unruly which is a tough one right like how what is your reaction to that well i mean i think the the verse has the answer to that where it says be patient with all i think it's recognizing that um we are not in control and that we have to surrender every situation to the lord and even in, in all of these examples where it says, you know, someone's unruly, some, someone who doesn't want to keep discipline or order, wh whether it's within a ministry or within church or within even um, friendships. Like sometimes, you know, for example, if you um, 
you know, set certain times to, to hang out or have fellowship and someone is always, always late and, you know, quote unquote, disrespects your time or doesn't value your, your time by doing that. Like, how do you deal with that? Do you address it head on? Do you, you know, t- talk to them about it? Like there's, there's certain things that you have, there's certain steps that you have to take so that your friend or, and your relationship can continue to grow. But that's a little besides the point. That's a little sidetrack. Um, but the answer here is in the question. Be patient with all. And I think we can kind of camp at that in talking about surrendering every situation and every struggle and every mm-hmm. problem where we are conflicted with whether, yeah, whatever it may be, we bring it to the Lord and say, like, what are the steps that I need to take in this? Um, give me the wisdom. Give me the obedience to actually follow through on the direction that you point me to if I need to approach someone head on give me the right words give me the peace of mind and the confidence to actually talk to them about it because oftentimes we're filled with anger or we're filled with like oh I'll show them or they're wrong or whatever but you know the verse calls us to be patient with all but the verse also tell us to warn those who are unruly and doesn't just say live with it and be patient you, it says, <laughs> you snuck that on me it says warn those comfort the faint-hearted mm-hmm. uphold the weak and i think what it also says in in the last part here be patient with all is that patience is basically the drive to to do that or to to stick to that you know like i i picture a weak person like a person that is in need of help Okay, and you help once you recognize that and you help once, for instance, then you help twice, you help the third time, the fourth time. And then by the fifth time, you're like, come on, man, like get out of that pit. You know what's going on with you? Uh And it's like, no, be patient. You personally can change the circumstances. You personally can change that person's mind. That's something that only God can do. So be patient, but still act accordingly still uphold you know still warn still comfort yeah but be patient with them Mm -hmm. knowing that god will move and change yeah you know what i mean do you think that maybe this verse is also or that that line be patient with all is a synonym to to love like show love in all of this because love is patient love is kind love does not envy it does not boast it isn't proud it's all of these things and i think that perhaps this verse is underlying you know that love is the thing that will propel you to unite you towards growth and unite you towards um actually wanting to um work together in a common goal for for the kingdom Yes, Um, yes, absolutely. And that reminds me um, of Colossians 3. And I'm just going to start to read of verse 12. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. (laughs) As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And now get this, verse 14. And above all these, put on love. Mm -hmm. which binds everything together in perfect harmony just as like you said you know for sure that might be i mean love is patient just as you said 
so yeah, it, I, I think mm -hmm. it could be a, a synonym. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, this sounds ideal. And in the perfect world, you know, six, seven, eight, ten times someone is, slips up or continues to behave in a certain way, and you're like, bro, I love you, you know, let's go, or sister, let's keep moving forward, and you're giving, you know, showing patience. That's ideal. That's obviously the heart of God and what we should strive to. Um, now, practically, how can we take this lesson or this um, idea and, and harness it to actually practically live that out and apply it to our everyday situations? Where, like I said in the example, um, whether it's in friendships or in ministry or in church, and it's all in, in the way that I'm thinking about it is like, when someone is doing something differently than how you've imagined it to be. Say, for example, you're leading a ministry and somebody is is just, they have a different vision or they have a different way and you're just like, no, that, that's not how it's supposed to be. And it's like, who's who says that that's not how it's supposed to be? Maybe they're right and you're wrong. Or maybe you both can merge your ideas together. Or maybe they're just in a different way of you know understanding certain things and, and they're doing it this way and you do it that way and you have to work it out or if you know again another example practically in your friendships and in your life like sometimes certain people think that certain behaviors with friendships they're okay and you're walking away feeling like less valued or less understood or less um, uh, appreciated or whatever in, in the manner of friendship because all of a sudden this bird like and I'm thinking of examples like say somebody's character is to make like really like rude jokes towards you like oh hey like fatty how's it going <laughs> or like or like um you know just girl like keep losing weight like keep losing and you they and they keep talking and you're just like all of a sudden self-conscious about it um or and that's like they don't think it's offensive or they don't think because they just that's their behavior that's how they like express their love or whatever or their intimate you know their their friendliness with you but you're walking away being like that sucks like I feel pretty you know sucky about myself or like in the example I used before with time because time is a big thing where someone's like you you set a set a date to hang out at 7 p.m. whether it's with your husband or your friend or or a meeting in ministry and somebody continuously is coming, um, you know, or your friend is showing up continuously half hour late or, you know, without letting you know or without this or that. And you're just like, well, okay, once, twice, three times I can be patient and loving and understanding. But w at what point do I need to communicate and actually express? And it says, doesn't it say in the verse here that we were reading, was it admonish? Is that the word that they yeah. use? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like how... At what point do we address it? That's a very good question. But I, th I think in a relationship, like in a friendship or even in a marriage, um, the communication should be solid enough. And that's maybe a, a, a time or a conversation for a different topic, you know, like mm -hmm. how should we communicate in different relationships and when and why and whatever. But I think the communication in those relationships should be solid enough that and, and should be safe enough that you can address those things. I mean, not always. Because sometimes you have growing friendships or sometimes like, 
yeah like some or in ministry you're like you're not that close with people sometimes you get thrown into a group based on your abilities and all of a sudden you're figuring each other out so you're not really like close enough to be like hey this is a problem let's you know yeah i think it is yeah that is that is true but then i could ask you in return but what how does a relationship grow how does it grow is it not by being honest with each other by being vulnerable with each other by discussing those things so you could dive even deeper into that but what 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 i mean to say is that you should be addressing those things yeah for instance it's a very good example that if a person comes late continuously it happens a couple times then you can take that person aside don't do it publicly of course but yeah. like take that person aside and be like hey i think this is an issue mm -hmm. or i would really like to see you come a little bit earlier you know you we could have started half an hour ago whatever you know that you that you show your perspective from your side mm -hmm. and not press it onto the other person as being like you are always late mm -hmm. or you always do this or you know like what you do is wrong but you can express how you feel about their actions and express it that way But I think that verse and that passage in particular is talking about the body of Christ. Now listen, in the body of Christ, we have very different relationships, right? We have very, very close friends. We have family members. Um, and we have those that we still love but are not super close to. And this is, this is kind of how I view it. When a person that you're not super close to, let's say, is unruly at church. And I don't know, you have you have a meeting and that person always has some something negatively to say or it's like I don't know I, I can't even imagine how how <laughs> that would look like you know a person to be like super unruly but let's say there is a person now I can bear that once twice three five ten times and it really upsets me but then I would bring it before the Lord you know when it happens once you maybe discuss it with your husband in the car and then it's good then it happens the second third fourth time and you start to get upset about it maybe you know or you you want to address it but you don't know how because you do like that person you don't want to offend anyone or hurt anyone yeah. anyone um, but then at the same time I don't want to be sneaky and go to the elders and say hey listen what that person is doing is not right like you guys have to address it that's not right either you know mm -hmm. it comes down to your state of heart mm -hmm. and if I have such an issue with that that I can't think about anything else but that unruly person, mm -hmm. then it is a patience issue in my own heart. Then I have to bring it before God and, and ask God to help me to be patient with that person and to know and remember that only God can change that situation, not me being sneaky going to the elders and trying to fix it, not me running there and, and telling anything that could eventually disrupt peace, But then to ask God to help me being patient and address address it in a loving manner. And then eventually the opportunity open up opens up. And now think about it. Opportunity opens up, you have coffee with that person. And you're you're talking about certain things and then that, that person, not you, but that person brings up what just had happened in a meeting at church. And says, yeah, but then I said, blah, blah, blah. And you know exactly what that person said because you were there. The thing is that you very, very much disliked it. Now, how do you, what do you do? How do you go about it? 
do you tell that person and say hey listen I honestly view it differently or I honestly think scripture says this or that you know and we should have those discussions not on um, on terms of beating each other with like knowledge or oh I'm more smart than you I know more than you but both or all of us should be striving for the truth and that's why we should have those discussions we should have those rebukes I know it's not a very popular word to begin with mm -hmm. you know but we should have that in love yeah and I mean I think there's the component of of patience like you were saying where it is a matter of the heart and waiting on the Lord to give you the right approach and the right, you know, peace in your heart to address these things. And it's certainly not in the middle of like someone expressing themselves and you're like, yeah, now's the time I'm going <laughs> to tell them, you know. Um, so it's certainly not those things. But I do think that um, the the patience component is is the the your heart is set to wait on the Lord's timing and your heart is saying like yeah there's a pro like I understand that there's a process going on whether it's growing pains within a church or a relationship or friendship whatever um, whether it's something in you that needs to be developed and as you're learning a lesson your heart starts to change and your eyes are open and you're like well this was never a wrong thing in the first place you know mm -hmm. um, you're the faint-hearted <laughs> or the unruly one you know like it, you could be the one that these verses are referring to but having said all of that I think that the patient component is to understand that you must must bring it to the Lord and we have to be comfortable enough to to address these things and say God like this and this I don't know why I'm reacting this way or I don't know what to say in this situation or, or I don't know why I keep thinking about this like is it me is it the situation do I address it do I this do I? and just have these co like actual conversations with God where he you open up the opportunity to hear from him and to receive instruction and then to be obedient to that instruction um, and, and I think too that's why I really appreciate in the following verse in verse 15 it says um, uh, pursue what is good both for yourself and for all and it's tying that back into into everything it doesn't it's it's not necessarily saying your perspective is the right way or the right thing to to you know do it's saying what is good for all for yourself and for all so it's emphasizing like that that unity component i feel like absolutely and i think if you are a, if, if somebody is faint-hearted and you see that you pause what, what does that mean faint-hearted how would we describe that well i can give you the german verb for it but i'm not <laughs> sure if that's gonna be of any help <laughs> that's a very good question vicky i um let me let me see how i would describe it i think it's just a person that is lacking courage and you know can't bring something to an end or doesn't even want to start anything to begin with and like let's see let's say you see a person in your local church body that is like that you you know that that person 
needs help, needs courage, needs support, needs ideas as to how to solve an issue that that person is in, but just doesn't, can't get out of there, you know, then you act immediately. You come and you help immediately, right? That should be the response to be like, okay, that person needs help. I talk to that person, person confirms, okay, what can I do? You know, like what's the thing that we can do? We can pray about it. I can come, I can help you clean your house. I can help you get organized, whatever the issue might be, you know, for Uh that person not to, to take that first step and bring something to an end or not to have that courage to, um, apply for that job or whatever it might be you know yeah. doesn't have the courage to share the gospel even yeah. to take it to a spiritual perspective you know and not just a life-to-life basis but hey I, I i struggle with that i don't know what to say to atheists or to different beliefs or whatever it might be to sit down and to educate one another to pray with one another and all these things you act immediately but then how long are you doing that for Hmm. until a breakthrough happens well yeah that's basically i mean until you have instruction from from god on what to do next and that that's similar to what i had addressed earlier when i said well practically like how long do you be quote-unquote patient or loving or whatever like how long and then and the answer really is like how long is the lord patient and loving towards you like how how long is your process of growth and understanding and developing and i think there there is the point where you address certain things if they're being if they're if if they're the person is like wronging someone or you know whether it's in the form of like you know the body or if somebody is unruly and not following discipline in the church or if someone you know like there are certain things certain steps where you you could take for um admonishing or like you said rebuking but the component of um being you know committed to walk someone through their faint heart faint heartedness or their weakness or their struggles i mean i think you just persevere like you push through with them you say like we uh, like we will fight through this together we will be coming to the lord until you have victory in this situation or until we receive direction from god on what to do and that could be sometimes a week a month a year you know but what you said i really like where that is the calling of the body of christ is to walk alongside one another and that's why it says you know in this in this verse it says recognize those who labor among you and and you know um exhort each other but also warn them and 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 then and then it talks about pursuing what is good for yourself and for others be patient with all you know and that's what this context kind of i think that I'm, i'm kind of like reciting little lines from different verses here but just to underline the fact that it's continuing to address the unity of the body of christ and how important it is to actually live life with one another and not just be there for someone's highs or someone's lows. Like, oh, they're struggling with something. I'll check in on them, all this and this and this and this and give them all the advice that they need and then dump them. And they basically like figure it out on the on themselves and then check in on them. Oh, how are you doing again? Like months later, this person's like, I just walked through the hardest time of my life by myself. You and your advice was 
quite quite pitiful you know Mm -hmm. even though it could have been useful if you helped them apply it if you were there to to hold them through it or whatever um what are your thoughts on on the how long shall we be patient shall we endure (laughs) i have so many thoughts on that we wouldn't have enough time to (laughs) touch on all of them but basically it is this is how i view it if you are a group of people if if you are a family and let's say it's you know i'm one of six so that's a lot but let's say you're it's you and another sibling and your sibling let's say is struggling with drugs okay it's not just you who's carrying your sibling in prayers and tries to talk to him and tries to distract him and tries to get him to rehab or whatever else it might be it might be you for a season and then you know you dry out or you get so discouraged or whatever you're so in pain for your sibling but they're still your parents your mom and your dad yeah that are doing the exact same work as you then there might be an uncle or an aunt cousins maybe even the church and i think if the church body would function in such a way where it's like literally like a family you don't have to do the work by yourself you know you don't have to check into that person you don't have to do life with that person that is in such difficult times by yourself there is a group of people and if we would do that together then there is less tension and therefore more patience you know where we can even discuss like let's say you and i we're sisters in the lord there's another sister struggling we're a group of sisters and we can discuss and we can say, man, I'm, I, I tried, you know, and I'm praying every single night. I feel so discouraged. You kick in and, and encourage me. You yeah. kick in and you pray for me. I'm strengthened again in the Lord to continue to do what I have to do, what the Bible calls me to do, yeah. you know. And then we wait on the Lord as long as it takes yeah. for that person to have that change of mind. This is how a family operates, a healthy family, and this is how a healthy church body operates too. Yes, we warn the unruly. Yes, we uphold. Yes, we uh, comfort, but we do that in all patience, and we do that together. And we do that together, exactly. And I love that example that you said, like, I encourage you so that you're strengthened to go continue in your, you know, laboring with this you know other person um because yeah that's what the body is for and that's what the lord calls us to um and thank you for sharing these thoughts i think there there's a lot to you know sort of still think about and think on how to um ask the lord for for more patience and really in essence more love more love towards the body more love towards um, people that the Lord has entrusted us with because I yes. think that's so important too it's not even just like people who you go to church with but it's like your co-workers it's the people that your neighbors you know it's the people that you, you uh, that come to the same park as you or camp mm-hmm. next to you or whatever it's like there's a meaning to it all and let God open our eyes to see this and just be faithful in these things and to pray like Lord please you know help my help my eyes and my heart and my soul you know see this need and be able to re respond to the call whatever that may be to uphold you know to to rebuke to encourage whatever that may be right 
Yes, absolutely. This is not the last time that we're talking about patience here. Um, it is such such an important topic, and it's also very broad. You know, you could take it to so so many different directions. So, Vicky, what is the challenge of the week for our beloved listeners? You know, I think I'll just challenge people to to pray that prayer, like Lord, please open my eyes to see, open my heart to be patient and loving with maybe people that you've been praying over for so long or maybe people that you've been pouring into for so long and haven't seen growth or change just to be renewed in strength and to pray that prayer like Lord give me more help me be more patient more loving more compassionate so that I can persevere and and maybe send people into my life who can pour into me um, and and strengthen me in these ways if, if if you know you're feeling weak or Mm. drained Um, and with that be encouraged my friends and we'll chat with you again